sanctuary. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the pastor here at Memorial and we're so grateful today to be back in our sanctuary. A number of things were done uh, to beautify and solidify the structure. Our plaster was torn completely down to uh, the nub. I know that we've repaired it a number of times as we could. It's completely replaced from here all the way back and from there all the way back. And you can see a brighter uh, paint uh, coming soon will be LED uh, lights that are um, brighter and more energy efficient and last so much longer. And if you're uh, interested, you can stay after worship today or uh, num uh, a couple of worship Sundays that we announce and we'll explain the last phase that we have, uh, which will be in the next three to five months, where we expand the seating uh, of our chancel. If you want to stay after worship today, I'll be happy to explain that to you. We'd like to frame our announcements in our five practices, the first of which is radical hospitality. We've, um, in coming back to the sanctuary, we've made these two boards, uh, the one here and the one there, uh, far more on the outside. <laughs> on the outside of the wall and the hall coming into the sanctuary we've made them uh, uh, simpler cleaner and in the five practices as well those will turn over with announcements that we have for the particular week so I encourage you to look at the board uh, for those announcements and you can also find them in your bulletin we believe in passionate worship and what I want you to notice about the changes in the sanctuary is the thank you that we placed in the bulletin we had a number of people uh, give a number of um, hours days weeks uh, um, a lot of sweat and a lot of um, blood to get this right and clean most of which the shifting back and forth of the pews which are bolted to the ground every time that we did anything and the shifting back and placing uh, so that they would be bolted in the ground again so they won't take you for a ride when you sit down um, but if you'll please note that paragraph um, it's insufficient praise for the people who poured their heart into making this space uh, the best it could possibly be. Uh, we believe in intentional faith development. And I don't announce this every week, um, but we I do a podcast uh, weekly, um, but for holidays and things in which I'm out of town. That podcast is 15 to 20 minutes long and is about the scripture passages that are coming on Sunday. You say, what on earth is a podcast? Um, it's just an audio recording you, you can listen to on your phone. So if you have an iPhone, phone. It has a podcast app. It's purple. 
you pull up that app and you can search Sunday Scripture Podcast. You can pull it up on the web if you use an iPad. You can go to SundayScripturePodcast.com and it has uh, uh, Reverend Christian Dollars at Faith UMC in Greer and uh, one of my dearest friends, uh, Reverend Brad Gray's in Charleston and we just bounce around thoughts and ideas about the text coming on Sunday. So if you're coming to worship, uh, you ought to have a little bit of insight as to what's coming and if you're missing worship altogether, hopefully it's uh, um, a solid substitute that gives you and your family, y'all can listen to it on the way uh, going anywhere. We believe in risk-taking mission and service. We have two uh, phases of that today. Uh, we want to consider our Salkahatchee folks. We are sending a group uh, to Salkahatchee. This is uh, um, South Carolina United Methodist entity that has 20, 25, maybe more sites all over our state where they are serving in mission. And so we've sent a group to Piedmont and we will be hosting a group all week long uh, for meals uh, in the Family Life Center. Uh, so we want to consider those folks this week. And we uh, also have a special guest today that will introduce this part of the sermon as well. Um, we believe in extravagant generosity. And you'll see uh, our report in your bulletin as the back part. Um, you've been so very generous to us and we're grateful for that. And you can see um, exactly where we stand and how to give electronically should you choose to do that. So I believe that's all of our announcements. So if you'll stand as you're able and we'll sing our first
with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Our first scripture lesson today is from the book of Psalm, chapter 86, verses 1 through 7. A prayer of David. Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Rest in the loving arms of God. 
rest in the loving arms of God. hear our prayers. Thank you, God, that you are a God that makes promises. And thank you, Lord, that you fulfill them. Thank you, Lord, that you made a promise to Abraham and are still fulfilling it today. 
Thank you for your abounding love and mercy that hears our cries and reaches out to the helpless. Thank you that you have a heart for all nations, and please use us as ones dead to sin and alive to you to extend your forgiveness to the hurt and bring the nations to worship you. We ask these things in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. If you all have yet to see Garner and worship, Garner is our intern for the summer. He's not your typical intern who's usually coming from a school in your local area who's coming to learn your congregation. Garner and his family are in traditional worship about 51 and a half times a year. Um, but he is now in every phase of what we're doing. He taught fours this morning in children's uh, Sunday school. He'll be with the youth tonight in the games. He's praying in worship. Next week he's preaching, so I want you to come and support him in uh, hearing a sermon. I'll be the um, liturgist next week and he'll be preaching. And um, he's helped us with a number of administrative tasks as well. Um, we're glad to have you. It's now time for our offering, and we, you can give in the um, plate as it comes by, or you can see how to give electronically if you should choose.
may be seated. Today we're talking about motivational tools. Are you, is your family, in your childhood, in your classroom, on your sports team, in your dance team, are you more motivated by rules that lay out every single thing that we want you to do or not to do? Or by a general spirit of wanting to do the right thing? Just do the right thing. Be friendly. Be polite. We're talking about two drastically different angles and we have scripture passages for both. As we lead into what the ultimate passage is today, uh, Paul's letter to the Romans is chapter 6 verse 1. But before that, let's talk about pool rules. You take your grandchild out to the pool, not the one in your backyard, but to the neighborhood one. You take your grandchild, when you take your child, when you take your friend, when your child takes a friend. These are the things we're talking about. Don't run. That's insane. What's the number one thing that a child wants to do at the pool? Is run. And when you tell children not to run, what do they do? Yes. Uh, slash, uh, they do that speed walk like you see in the Olympics. It's the only time you ever see that. Is it's an actual sport of, of crazy speed walking. No diving. Why do children want to dive? Just desperate. Just desperate to dive in head first. And you know who else wants to do that? 21-year-olds. Just desperate. They're adults and they want to do it. No pushing. I don't know. Pushing is so much fun. Right? Especially if somebody's on the edge of the water to push somebody in. No bombing is on this one, which means no jumping from the side and doing a cannonball in the direct proximity of another individual. I don't even know why we're going to the pool if we can't do these things. Why do we, if we can't push them in the water, we can't bomb them, can't run. This one's interesting, no rough play. What, I mean, what have we been talking about? But they want to make sure no rough play. Watch your children. Do adults need to hear that? Unfortunately, yes. They need to hear that even though you are inside the fence of the pool, they may do something that you do not see if you are not watching them. No glass containers. Why not? Put them right in the way. Somebody kicks them. Smashes everywhere. Glass is clear. We're all stepping in it. Then we're all hurt. Then we're all crying. Then we're going home. We've only been here seven minutes. No loud music. I guess somebody brings their uh, electronic devices, whatever it may be. Uh, let's, let's do the amusement park. Always wear sunscreen to avoid getting burned. Avoid restricted areas. Even if you drop a personal item in a restricted area, ask an employee to retrieve it. Always keep your hands and legs inside the ride at all times. Don't wear loose clothing and always keep your hair up as both can get caught in machinery. Obey all height, weight restrictions on rides. Listen to your body. If you start to feel lightheaded, take a break. Always use the buddy system to avoid getting lost. Never force anyone especially children, to ride attractions they do not want to. Isn't that interesting? Do you think parents are more likely to do that or siblings are more likely to do that? No, you'll love it. You'll love it. Let's get on this thing that spins around 50 times right after we ate a big, uh, uh, what's the funnel cake? Uh, alert staff about problems. It's why they're there. Stay hydrated and fueled. Remember to eat and drink throughout the day to make sure your body stays alert. These are, um, let's list everything you could possibly do, rules, 
and whether to do them or whether not to do them. For courtesy, for protection, for order. There's a biblical style to these types of rules. And it comes from Leviticus. Y'all read Leviticus in your devotional life? When, you're, when you say, you know what, I'm going to read the Bible this year. And you get to Leviticus, what happens? It's tough, isn't it? I'm not going to ask you to read this in your Bible. I want you to listen to it. Leviticus 2. When anyone presents a grain offering to the Lord, the offering must be of choice flour. They must pour oil on it and put frankincense on it. Then bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests. A priest will take a handful of its choice flour and oil along with all of its frankincense and will completely burn this token portion on the altar as a food gift of soothing smell to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering belongs to Aaron and his sons as a most holy portion from the Lord's food gifts. When you present a grain offering baked in the oven, it must be of choice flour, unleavened flatbread mixed with oil or unleavened wafers spread with oil. Are y'all? I don't see y'all taking notes. Are y'all taking notes? Don't take. Okay. If your offering is grain prepared on a griddle, it must be of choice flour mixed with oil, and it must be unleavened. Crumble it into pieces and pour oil on it. It's a grain offering. If your offering is a grain prepared in a pan, it must be of choice flour with oil. You will bring the grain offering made in one of these ways to the Lord, presenting it to the priest, who will then bring it to the altar. The priest will remove from the grain offering the token portion and completely burn it off on the altar as a food gift of soothing smell to the Lord. Y'all ever hear that in worship? Y'all ever lived that out? You ever celebrated on a holiday? <clears throat> this is nine, version, nine verses of one paragraph of an entire book of this is exactly what you do. You know why they did that? Because they felt that those practices drew them together Pulled them from society that had gotten sideways and put them in close proximity to God. If we follow these rules to a T, we are close to God in worship. You know what the troubling part of these are? Is that people begin to wonder if someone else is taking this text as seriously as they are. They then start to compete as to who is taking it more seriously. They then start to think, you know what, I think I'm doing it better and one of us is wrong. When they start to wonder if someone's wrong, then someone has got to go. And it's not going to be me. Because I'm the one that's doing it correctly. And then the rules become the thing that are worshipped. Become the God that everyone pays attention to. The things designed to draw you to God become the actual thing that is worshipped. Have you ever seen this before? you ever seen people lose their minds over how rules are enforced when the rules are actually for a spirit of a thing? That's the trouble. Here's a different version. Matthew 10, verse 25. A legal expert, what do you figure he knew everything about Leviticus? Stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to gain eternal life? Jesus replied, what is written in the law? How do you interpret it? 
He responded, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind. When this expert was asked to summarize the law and the prophets, this first enormous section with tiny font, he said, Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. Not near and specific. And there aren't any no's in there. There aren't any don'ts in there. There aren't any nevers in there. There's love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. Which one of those motivates you more? Which one of those motivates your spouse more? Which one motivates your children more? You know, it could go either way. But here's the trouble. As Jesus came to earth and as he had those conversations and as he simplified what he thought had become far too complicated, people started to think, well, wait now. We don't have those thousand rules. We don't have those 2,000 rules. We don't have those 3,000 rules. Maybe we can do whatever we want. Maybe this is an awesome expansion of this religion. And after the death and resurrection of Jesus, after Paul helped create a church in Rome, and after he had to leave to create new churches, people in the church in Rome got sideways. Because they said, hey, we don't have to pay attention to those 2,500 rules. Which leads to our passage for today. Romans 6, verse 1, and it's on page 1754 in your pew Bible, or within a couple of pages of that. 1754. What are we going to say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. You know what he's hoping for there? He's hoping that he doesn't have to give people 2,500 rules in order to draw them close to one another and draw them close to God. My whole family went to uh, 9 o'clock and helped me with a number of things there before they had to go, and so I can talk about them because they're not here, and they won't watch the 11 o'clock video. <laughs> We're in a point of transition because I'm about to have two middle schoolers, and I don't have to tell them Look before you cross the street. Don't leave the refrigerator door open. Don't bring a drink without a cap on it into the den. Don't argue when we're trying to clean up our room. Whatever it is, I feel like I can say to them, you know everything we've talked about for 11 years? See if you can do that. Out of love and respect for your parents. <laughs> love and adoration. We don't need 1,200 rules. We just need love and respect for one another. Right? That's what he's telling them. They're saying, oh, we don't have to, oh, awesome. We don't have to read this stuff anymore. We can do whatever we want. We just got to love each other, I guess. And he says, no. 
That's not the point. He says you have freedom from the burden of those laws that were used in many cases to exclude you. But that freedom isn't the end of the story. That freedom is a means to get you into action. The true purpose of us being here. There's a hope attached to that freedom. That the impediments that hold us back, whatever it may be, can die as Christ died. And that the gifts that lie within us can live and thrive and serve as Christ lived and thrived and served. So we've had some impediments in my two years here. You've had impediments that you've overcome for decades. You've had different ways that you introduced different ministries that impacted not only your community, but this entire community. And this is a special day. We've made the sanctuary beautiful. We've replaced the entire HVAC system of the Family Life Center that was crushing us financially, our time, everything, and wasn't working like it was supposed to. We have a body and we have means and an account that helps us replace physical plant items on our campus that have crippled us for some time. And you've been so generous to us that we're not in the financial crisis that we were in two years ago. So we're free from those things in order to do what? Find a hammock and sit in it? Maybe a little bit. But not entirely. We're free to be in action to have clear minds on our campus so that we can go out and serve. Today's a special day. We're going to introduce Kevin Cummings. His wife, Laurie, is here with us as well, and we're grateful that you're here. And Brett Hovis, who spoke to us on the first Sunday of this month, is going to introduce it, and you can see um, uh, all kinds of stuff of what we're going to hear today in our emails and on our bulletin boards. morning. Hear, hear these words from James 1.27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This text will be the foundation of the newly created men's ministry at Memorial uh, that's going to be called the Honey Dudes. Uh, after when I talked to Kevin and, and he told me, read the text to me in the foundation, I went to my Bible and had to look and, and uh, do a little bit more research. And, and basically what I gathered from it is this. When we give with no hope of receiving in return, we show what it means to serve others. I have the privilege of introducing Kevin. I met, I met Kevin and his wife, Laurie, in Flower Mound, Texas at a church that I attended. I uh, was there for about three years, and I learned about the Honey Dude's mission. And I want to, want to turn it over to Kevin now to talk to you a little bit more about it. Uh, this will be a mission not just based for our church, but also for the community of Greer. So I'll turn it over to Kevin. Hi, everybody. Uh, Reverend Joe is funny. <laughs> I know y'all listen to him and the things he says here, but after I finished at the 9 o'clock, he said, that was spot on. I want you to do the exact thing at 11. And I was like, I don't know what I said at the 9 o'clock. I was waiting for the fever to break. 
Um, I really want to say I appreciate y'all having me here. I really appreciate Brett. Um, I appreciate the members of the congregation that are going to step up to the Honey Dudes ministry um, and, and be the hands and heart of Christ with this mission. Um, I was asked how it started. Uh, I actually chaired uh, Treach in Flower Mound, Texas for three years. Uh, excuse me, chaired the trustees. And if, if y'all are familiar with the Methodist Church, that's basically the, the, the CEO. Uh, everything stops at his desk. Well, we were in the we were in the process of going from 110,000 square feet to 144,000 square feet. You can imagine the transition with pastors. There was a lot going on, and I was totally worn out. I was I was zapped. But in the Book of Disciplines, and yes, I read the Book of Disciplines because I have problems sleeping at night, and I did find the cure for anybody who has problems. Feel free. Uh, but one of the things that was very specific was after serving three years in a row, you should take a year off and recharge your batteries. So that's what I'm going to do. Right up until Russ, my buddy says, Kevin, what are you going to do now that you're not chairing trustees? And I said, well, I want to take a break. And he goes, no, 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 no. What are you going to do? And I went, no, you don't understand. It's in, it's in the book of disciplines. I get to. I'm allowed to. It's, he's a bodybuilder. Smacks me on the shoulder, almost topples me. And he goes, Kevin, what are you doing? And I went, we're starting a new mission to help widows. Really? And that was how the Honey Dudes began. Now, the interesting part was the, the, the input from so many friends. Uh, Pete the pilot is like the right-hand man. He's the brains behind it. I'm just kind of the face for it or something. Um, but he said, Kevin, you're leaving out the military wives whose husbands are deployed. Okay, we'll take care of widows and military wives whose husbands are deployed. Our next door neighbor was over having tea with my wife and overheard our conversation. And she goes, hey, hey, do you know how difficult it is to be a single mother? And that is the group that we aimed at. We want to help them. We want to be the hands and heart of Christ in our community. I don't need to go to Mozambique, Africa. I'm, I'm very thankful for the folks that do, uh, especially in our church. They're a great group of folks. But we were missing folks that were in our backyard. And that's what this mission is, is really been set up to do. Um, for those of you that were at the 9 o'clock, you got to see a picture, and um, I'm going to describe it a little bit to you. It's faded, it's in a garage, it's dusty, it's dirty. I share this with you because there were some other benefits that we really weren't looking at when we thought we would help widows and, and help single moms and help the military wives whose husbands are deployed. We started affecting our children. And, and I'm certain that the universal problem for churches with our youth is about 15, 16, when they get driver's license, uh, we kind of start losing them, okay? And then it's not until they're 20-something and start having the little ones that, that all of a sudden we, 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 <laughs> we get them back, okay? There, there's this gap there. Uh, can you imagine a 17-year-old that I don't, I know him, but I don't know he's taking a picture of him, he's my son, uh, sees me comforting a lady uh, whose daughter had a very, very bad divorce and all her stuff was moved into her garage. And although we don't really try to move, we decided we were going to help move a couple of pieces of furniture and about 10 boxes. She was so distraught. The picture shows me on one knee. I'm holding her hand and I'm praying with her. Okay. That's not the feel good, warm inside, Kevin. No, I'm, I'm task oriented. Get it done. Get the boxes moving. But I knew her. And I stopped and took the time and comforted her. 
Okay, I don't tell you that for self-serving Kevin. I tell you that for a 17-year-old son that's taken a picture of me doing that. Doesn't share the picture with me. He goes home and shows it to my wife. We have started to influence our youth, especially the young men, and teach them how to do these same repairs, how to be Bible doers and not just Bible studiers. That's why I'm encouraged that this is the sixth church that we are seating, and we're hearing some of the other churches are seating other churches. So we're really looking forward to, well, to really helping out here. Uh, we will help you out with prayers, with support, uh, with any communication, with how-tos. And, and with that, I'd, I'd also like to let you know we always try to do some seed money to get the ball rolling. Thank appreciate you, Thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. The simplest of things around people's homes is what these men will be doing. And you'll see starting next Sunday, uh, section in the, the section in the bulletin that says risk-taking mission and service will have the email uh, to reach out to this group. It will be honeydudesatmemorialgreer.com, just like all of our other emails. If you don't, if emailing is not your thing, you can certainly call the church office and speak to Leslie. Um, but that email will go directly to Brett, and Brett will get uh, some of our men to reach out uh, to anyone in this congregation that needs the simplest of things done to their home. Um, just about the entire time I've been here, uh, people have said, we need to get our uh, men more involved. We need to get our young men more involved. I think this is the perfect instance of a local thing that we can do uh, that will not only serve our people, but um, inspire our men into service. So thank you both for um, flying here. We're grateful for that and um, for um, participating. And thank you, Brett, for being the point person for this project. Uh, you'll see a lot more about it in our newsletter coming out next week. And... Um, all over anywhere uh, that we talk about things. So if you will uh, stand as you're able for our final hymn, number 381.
Welcome back to the sanctuary. And my goodness, thank you to everyone who made our transition out of here and wherever we went and back into here. Uh, thank you so much for helping us. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.